0: Please
1: join with me, brothers and extending a war in Washington, D.C. I told you he wasn't going to let up. Yeah, back in so. the building. Let's Ready? Ready Let's do it. Uh huh. Yeah, man. And this is an episode, man, near and dear to my heart, yo. Something I've been dying to do, dying to talk about, yo. The game that I love, man. The game that I'm in every day. Cutting hair. It's the barbershop episode, y'all. <laughs> we back, man. We back on, look. Second episode of 2015-16, thought I was playing. We coming out every week, Dre. I don't know what they thinking, man. We not playing, yo, for real. And shout out to everybody, all our new listeners, our new followers. Like, something is working here. I feel like, you know, the race only goes to the consistent, you know what I'm saying? So you got to be consistent. That's the only way we going to win. So if we keep doing this thing every week, constantly... It's bound to catch on. It's it's working, yo. With that being said, man, we got a very special episode this week, man. Thank y'all for tuning in once again to Black Broadway Podcast. Yo, I'm honored. It's my privilege to have my friend, the lovely, dynamic, Miss Danielle Strickland of DC Clipper Repair and so much more that we're going to hear all about, right?
0: Correct.
1: So, Yo, just say what's up to the people there, yo. Hey,
0: folks, how are you?
1: Hey, look. Thank you for being here, Danielle. Thank yeah. you for being on this show. And like I said, y'all, man, we gonna have... A, this is the show about a topic that's very near and dear to my heart, yo. Know? This is this is my game right here. This is what I do. Cutting hair, being a barber, just the entire game of the barbershop. Like, y'all don't understand the, the shit that I've seen and experienced and dealt with in the barbershop and the, and the things that this has done for my life and, like... The position that just put me in like yo we, we wouldn't be doing this right now if it wasn't for my career as a barber and the places that it's taking me and we're going to talk about all of that as well as give y'all some extremely needed pieces to get yourself in the game with somebody that you love or somebody that you care about somebody that's under your guidance yo for real there's a way to put people in this game and really change their lives like it's done me you know what i'm saying and like. We want to give y'all all the pieces. And not only can we get you in the game, but it ain't gonna cost you nothing but what? How much? Zero dollars. Nothing. It costs nothing. Like 390 dollars <laughs> It's for the free thousand out here. We're trying to put y'all on, man. Listen, if you're a DC resident, if you live anywhere near or around DC, like this is the program for you because we're gonna put you on and give you the pieces, get your eligibility together. And get on, and guess who the teacher? Miss Danielle Strickland, <laughs> one of the head instructors. Is she gonna give you the whole story, yo? So this is the Barbara episode, man. So I guess before we get into this episode, we gotta have our little, we gotta have our stories, right? Yeah, first week of 2016 was out of control, yo. Like some, a lot of shit happened. Like shit was crazy. Um, what the fuck jumped up? Oh man, the first and foremost thing. Goddamn skin's lost, yo. No. Yeah. Oh man. Like, <laughs> exactly. yo. I mean, we all Washingtonians sitting in here. And we dealing with this shit. Like, yo, it was cool to see the city was up.
2: We we was it was like we, we was
1: lit. We made it to the playoffs. We made movie. it. To <laughs> oh, I hit that shirt. <laughs> <laughs> like at the end of the day, though, it can only be one Super Bowl champion. So I already know how this whole I thing mean, I goes. I was a little disappointed. Yeah, you me know. too. I was like, man, what the fuck, I man? I was this. We made it this far, you know? So. Yo, but I mean, I ain't, I ain't like the way we went out, man. It was, it was painful. It was a little, painful. I ain't yeah. really like that, man. We, we, we weren't supposed we to live about 14. We kind of gave it up, you know the gave it up at the end, yo, man. You know what I'm saying? but. It was good to ride that wave for a minute. It was good to have a show where I was able to talk shit and say that my team won the NFC East championship. You know? I'm still going to do it. Hey, you know, we still out here. Yo, best thing I got out of this whole thing, man, one of my coworkers, man, big shout out to Daryl, man. Gave me the You Like That towel. I didn't even go to the game, but I, I got a You Like That towel. So, yeah. hey, I'm good. Like, I'm icy. Yeah. I will always remember the (laughs) 2015 You like that. You like that. that. Take it to the grave with you, Kurt, man. You really did that, yo. What else jumped off? Oh, man, son. They caught El Chapo again? Again. That kicked off, man. All crazy. Got El Chapo looking crazy out here. Crazy? What about Sean Penn, though? Man, Sean Penn might be a snitch. He might be a snitch. Not to mention he wrote a god-awful article. (laughs) Like... That, did you read that, Joy Trey? Uh, 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 Yo, it was ridiculous. But well, what made... about the shirt?
0: That
1: Yo, the wore. shirt was lit though. Like let's let's not take away from the shirt. The shirt was fun. Pl- you don't like the shirt? I don't like the shirt. Hey, Chapo's shirt was like that. Listen. <laughs> hey, look, Black Broadway. We need y'all feedback. I feel like El Chapo's shirt was, was on a billion. Like I don't want to see anybody if, I know with that shirt. I don't know if I owed a billion dollar cocaine cartel, I might wear that shirt too. Like, that might be my outfit every day. You know what I'm saying? And I'm on the run and I'm being Sean Penn, I'm sure he took he took some time to pick that shirt out, you know? That shirt might help
0: get him caught.
1: That shirt. They <laughs> see what I mean, it is? Like, yo, this motherfucker got this shirt on. We, he looking too good. We gotta get his ass, yo. But no, Sean Penn, like, he was out here slipping like you know, they got the Mexican government got wild pictures of Sean Penn at, like, the airport floating through, doing this, doing... They they was following him the whole time, and it's just like... That's
0: oh. crazy. But wait a minute. If you get snitched on for an IG or Facebook post,
1: mm-hmm. what you think they're
0: going to do to you in real life?
1: True thing. Yeah, you're right. I mean, El Chapo was trying to do the ultimate doing it for the grab he was going to do it for the the (laughs) silver screen (laughs) he was going to do it for the cinema like this nigga shot he's doing it for lifetime like yo i'm about to have my old amc movie be sean penn is going to direct it's going to be the shit like come on come on come on man you got to slow down a little bit chapo but you know hey you know it happened I, i mean what's the odds What you what you like? How long is El, El Chapo going to be in jail before he escapes? Hmm. I, I, I
0: give him on. six months. Six no, months?
1: Six months. Oh, no. I feel like he can't embarrass him like that again. again. So, I'm, I'm going to give him like for real, like a solid year, I was maybe, gonna say about a year. Yeah, like a year, maybe like a year and a half to just let this whole thing blow over. Yeah. yeah, and Then you know, as soon as they start sleeping again, Chapo gonna walk smooth out <laughs> yeah, the front yeah. door. He's walking out the front door, like walk out right, like with no problems. They <laughs> you know, going like, "Oh, Mr. Guzman, this way." <laughs> that's, like, that's like That's how I feel about that whole Chapo thing, man. But yo. Sean Penn better you know watch his back though cuz he you know snitching is not taken lightly in the in the cartels you know and it's like it's unintentional snitching but it's still snitching but he had he
0: had help though Yeah what, he was one sloppy of their own. One they were sloppy own. Yeah. she helped him out
1: Exactly yo oh, no she just want she wanted to get on too yep. It was sloppy man I mean, it was sloppy from the top down and I just don't appreciate it all right Come on, Chapo, man. You know, you know what you do. You know better, Chapo. You know better. You know better. <laughs> really? What else is going on in the, in the first time of the year? Oh yeah. Yo, last night, State of the Union, man. State that was York. dope. Barack Obama, 44th president of the United States, last congressional address, man. Last State of the Union address. It was it was really it was kind of epic it was it was actually a stunt fest you know what i'm saying like, yeah, it was stunt fest 2017 <laughs> yeah. i was just like basically look Michelle's was her michelle was oh, yes. oh my god <laughs> michelle looked good girl Pew. like Pew. yo did you see like the memes where it like had michelle and it had like a picture of her face and she was like it was like when your girl comes, she was clapping. It was like, when your girl come to watch you play ball and you show it off. <laughs> that That's right. was good, y'all. That's how she looks. She just looks like, you know, like, look at Bay out there, just dogging up. Tell her what you did, Babe. Tell her how you did it. So she kind of, like, set the whole thing off. Obama had some really, like, poignant moments. Even yeah. though, like, if we being politically realistic here, you know what I'm saying, as a president, I, I still feel a lot unfulfilled by the presidency of Barack Obama. As a you know, as a young black male, like I'm not gonna stand here and say shit got way better for me as Obama being the president. If anything, it got a little worse, bro. Like well, let's um, keep it a ab- buck.
0: Well, you gotta think about what we had before.
1: Yeah, yeah. yeah. So it was, was it was. I don't give a fuck about y'all before. And now it's like, I give a fuck about y'all, but I just can't stop this shit. <laughs> like, I mean, you know, day, I care. That's real, that's real shit, though. That, that is real shit. shit. And I feel like, you know, a lot of people have a lot to say about Obama. You know what I'm saying? I think a lot of people's, black people, you uh-huh. know, had a lot of high expectations. Things, yeah, yeah, and, you know, yeah. Like, yeah, to bad, yeah. He's not, America, yeah, he's not going to save black people in America. Yeah, he, I feel like he, it has been progression, though. So what? you it's cannot take that. There's only so much you can do. There's only much yeah. you can do. And then, you know, you have to realize that when a president gets elected, they're, they're cleaning up the, the previous mess of the previous deficit of the Absolutely. Like, pre, you know, so, I mean, I think Obama, in, in his favor, did a pretty decent job. You know, I but, would definitely say he did a great job. But what I'm talking about is like, you know, like you said, certain people had certain agendas. And especially like when you talk about black people, like we was like, yo, oh, we got a black dudes as president. There was a lot of expectations. Yeah, I and think so. I think they were unrealistic. I thought they were unrealistic from jump. Like, my dad used to always be the main proponent of, like, look, Barack Obama's not here to save black people. He's here to be the great pop. He's like the Jordan of politics. Yeah. Like, he's like the best he that ever did that shit. He, yeah. did he did it. Like, he did that shit against all odds. He, like, yeah, he pulled did, he off did, really the, did, the greatest coup cool ever. You know what I'm saying? And, like, you got to respect him for that and look good doing it. You know what I'm saying? Did like it with exactly. style. Did it with grace. And I think that's more like the example on the positive side. Yeah. That he leaves. Yeah, you know. Yo, we saw the girls glow up. Exactly. Hey, like, the girls glowed <laughs> up exactly. out here on us, yo. Sasha and Malia, like, literally turned really... into young women. Like, I remember I when they yeah. came off. It was babies, yo. You know what I'm saying? Like, I got to say, man. You know, stay with you. You got me a little tight because I just remember... Like, and all the momentous things in Barack Obama's uh, presidency. Yeah. Like, literally, I remember voting for this dude. I remember the night he got yeah, elected yeah. and won the election. Like, yo, if you Bible. wasn't in D.C. the night that Barack Obama won the election. Yo, I just can't describe that shit. That shit was something that Animal you'll game. never experience again. Yes. You yes. know what I'm saying? I just can't imagine that shit. I can't, I can't tell y'all what it was like to be like on... Fourteenth for you standing on top of the bus stop. It went, right. It was wild and like walking we literally walked, I remember it was kinda of warm, me and my homegirl, we walked from um U Street to the White House. Oh, yeah. You know what I'm saying, yo? We just, it was just so red. <laughs> people was in the street like yeah, it was. People just, was like amazing. It was like, nothing. Was like you the couldn't team, drive. Man. You had to walk. Like it was crazy. Yeah, it was like, nothing. People so yeah, was, was crying. Yo, was a momentous, occasion. Yo, it was a momentous yeah. occasion. And then the first inauguration when it was the coldest fucking day <laughs> in the history <laughs> of cold ass days. Yo, I swear I don't know if I ever been that cold in <laughs> D.C. before or after. Yo, it was the coldest day ever. Yo. That shit was nuts. Nice. So, you know what I'm saying? Like, the president, man, came through, man. Shout out to Barack Obama, man. Hey, yo, there'll never be another. So, let me ask man, you this. doing
0: it twice.
1: Doing it twice. Doing it twice. Speaking, it twice. Speaking twice. of that, Mr. Mm-hmm. Uh, Akil, how about, uh, I do like about it questions Wale opening up? Oh, oh shit, man. yeah, you did it's say we had to bring out that. You now, did this say now, let, say let me ask you this. Is this, like this the first time that an artist has actually opened up a State of the Union address, as far as we know? No.
0: As far as we know
1: rap A yeah, definitely a rap artist, <laughs> But I've never known No I'm just... <laughs> hey, Listen, I, I'm trying to formulate how I feel about this like in a good sentence. No. So I, no, 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 yeah, so... I was trying to I was trying to figure it out too. I know you've been trying to get me to talk about this. And, um, <laughs> and then why Wale of all you know, of all the rappers, like why was he chosen maybe because he and then I read an article that said because he's D C prodigal son. That's what I read. All right. Is that true? Alright, so look <laughs> <laughs> so, so this, this is where we gonna stop with this Alright, this is where we gonna stop with this we're gonna start with positivity, okay? Right. We're gonna st- <laughs> Danielle, I'm, like, I'm, I'm, okay. I'm
0: being quiet because I was taught if you don't
1: have anything nice to uh, say. <laughs> oh, wow. And I, I can't do that because it's like the show is my responsibility. <laughs> so if I don't say nothing, then we just gonna be sitting here looking at looking each at each other. Right? That's not what we're gonna do. So here's what I'm going to say. Alright? I think it's great that he was somehow, some way formally and I don't know what that really means in this sense, but somehow somewhere he was literally attached to the State of the Union address mm-hmm. as a rapper. Yes. Like, that's fucking crazy. Yeah. yo! Know? Right. Like, that just showed you how much hip-hop runs it's the world. Right. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Now, as far as his Washington, D.C. credentials or whatever, like, you know, there's there's a discussion there. But what he represents is like this area. And this area lacked representation. That's true. Now, when it come down to the come-down do we all kind of like have our issues with his brand of representation? Yeah, yeah. but like if they're gonna call somebody up to introduce the president at the state of the union at the last state of the union, and I don't know to what extent that was because like I'm I still have yet to see it, yeah, I, haven't it. I haven't seen it, and I'm, I'm pretty sure I watched the state of the union on like NBC. And I didn't see him like walk down the aisles with the mic like Justin Bieber, you know, with Floyd Mayweather come out. Like he wasn't he wasn't busting the 50 Cent move. So I was just, I didn't quite understand what that meant. However, I think it's momentous for hip hop, for, for, yeah. for the area just to even be given that 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 deference. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I mean they could've, he could have pulled Kanye out. What? You know what I'm saying? He could've he could have asked home for somebody. Yeah. How, and nobody would have been mad at that. But, yeah. but he, 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 he deferred, First. Yeah, he deferred to a guy from the area. I did see the little um, Instagram of him shaking Joe Biden hand. I thought mm-hmm. that was dope. That was cool. You know what I'm saying? Like, yo, I'm not here to sugarcoat this shit. I'm not a fucking Wale fan. And I don't feel bad about that. But at the end of the day, like, you know, I'm really happy that son is like doing this thing. I'm happy that he's like getting whatever he's getting in the industry. I don't really feel like it's my job to like, you know, evaluate his shit. Like if I don't like it, I don't like it. You know what I'm saying? That would be like me sitting around evaluating a person I don't like. <laughs> All I have to do is not listen to it like and I'm good. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, there's a couple of joys though like I said that he has that I like. So, there's that. But um I think that it was dope that he was even in any way involved kind of with that it, yeah. yeah I just think that that was dope you know what I'm saying so that was the whole thing and yo wow this is segue perfectly into the last thing I wanted to talk about like I really wanted to talk about so y'all know I'm like a Twitter here right there De- yeah you rock with Twitter I do I yeah do. I like Twitter like Twitter's of all the social networks Twitter is Twitter's my favorite, favorite. because. Mm. One, I'm a nerd It's not my favorite It's my favorite, I'm a, a nerd going yo on. I like sweet like It is but there's like I think there's like a certain Type of like ADD you need to have To <laughs> right. rock with Twitter right. You know what I'm saying Cause it's like every time I'm like just reading more and more funny shit And Sunday it went <laughs> up bro So I, I, I say yo I mm-hmm. gotta talk about this shit on the podcast Sunday Yo, the regional slander On Twitter was the funniest Okay, so let me If you're not here, let me inform you Like, people like to get on Twitter And bust all kinds yeah, of yeah, jokes yeah, they, About, and there's no Chill on Twitter, like, no shit that people Would never open their mouth up to <laughs> say They don't seem to have any Problem typing, exactly. like Twitter Oh my god, Twitter figures Don't ever fail, yo, people say The craziest, wildest shit And here's the thing I think at some point in time, the conversation just twisted to, like, slander in New York, which is funny. And I'm going to tell you why New York slander is always funny. <laughs> Let me tell you why. Because everybody been in New York, all right? And, and, and New Yorkers take it so harshly, at least on Twitter. Yeah. They take it so tight. Yes. And, it's, and it'd be funny to me because it's like the only reason niggas can even slander your city is because they've been there. You know what I'm saying? Or if they ain't been there and they heard so much about it that they had time to create these jokes. Yes, New York is no other city like New York. It's no place like New York on the planet. On the planet. But but at the end of the day, everybody know that these jokes gonna fly when it's time for the jokes to fly. So a lot of people got in their fillers from New York Twitter and they started letting the jokes fly about the other regions. And see, here's my thing. I'm from D.C. So like I done heard it all. Oh. oh my god, we don't and we don't give a fuck. Nope. Like they slander us, they say all type of wild shit about us. We don't care. We don't take it personal. We don't take it personal, like, yeah. like, so what? That shit is funny. Yes, you're right. Niggas do wear new That's true. and you know, how he has his sweatsuits down. Like, yo, the DMV slander ones and and will never go out of
0: style.
1: Never. Never. But, but the New York crew. They start firing off the slander bullets and everybody was catching strays, yo, like Atlanta. Oh, man, I feel like Atlanta got the worst of it. Like, Yo, it was terrible. The Atlanta Atlanta jokes was too fucking funny, yo. I can't even. I wish I could really like have time on this particular program to read all these tweets. (laughs) <laughs> but I just think, like, one of the funniest joints, like, this is a New York joint. I'm, I'm going to give everybody a joint, all right? Okay. So the New York joint that had me dying was like, New York niggas don't wear socks. They just wear a smaller tip inside of a picture. <laughs> I said, yo. Oh. I said, I can't with these dudes. He says some shit like... New York dudes, bless they blue with a Nas verse. <laughs> they pull on the do rag strings when they try to get off the bus. <laughs> yo, you yo <laughs> it was ridiculous. And then Atlanta, oh my God! All they said, every dude from Atlanta, do here. they used to be on this. <laughs> I was like, yo Yo, the that? regional slander Got out of hand I'm just telling that, yo, how the shit just got out of hand It was the funniest It was the funniest day on Twitter In a long time, yo It was one of the things that I really had a good time with So, if you could go back Into your favorites, go into my favorites As a matter of fact, man okay. I'm on Twitter, you street fresh I don't tweet a lot, but I got a working on that you on Twitter, Danielle? I am. All of my
0: handles are DC Clipper Repair Danielle.
1: All right, DC Clipper Repair. So you got that commercial account. You're not, you're not out there letting those drunk tweets fly, huh? No. No.
2: No.
1: <laughs> you gotta let those drunk tweets fly right now and again, Danielle. No. Look, we're going to get you talking because I know you got some stuff to say about the entire barber gate in DC. I and know that's you. really. While we are gathered here today, y'all Like I said, man, it was just a couple of things I just wanted to discuss before we Got into the second half of the show But we're here to talk about the barber game In D.C. right now Where it's been, where it's going How we got involved as individuals Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, it's a lot of things that lead a person To this moment in their life Where they become a barber You know what I'm saying? It's like a very interesting convergence of circumstances Like, they used to say it was like a second chance career or like some other, you know, a lot of other euphemisms have been used to describe being a barber. But I think in this particular conversation, we're going to clear all of that out. And we also going to show people how to get in and get money and progress all the goals that you may have because Lord knows that's what I'm doing. I'm living proof, y'all. I got Danielle Strickland here of DC you. Stay barber school and okay. cosmetology school about to drop knowledge. Let y'all know, one, where she came from, and two, what she doing and where she going. And I'm going to let y'all know how this whole Black Broadway thing ended up being in the barber shop and being a thing that I'm doing at the shop that I'm working at, which is literally, like, the dopest, most unique situation in, in D.C. And I dare I say, like, up and down the East Coast, yo. Like this ain't no shit like this anywhere else. I ain't seen it. Yeah. So we are gonna talk about it all, y'all. Episode whatever. I don't know, man. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like it's 2016, so we not counting no this is more. Episode 51, cause we going backwards. Probably. Yeah, we are going backwards. So episode 51 out of 52. Homeboys, Black Broadway podcast. Samuel Strickland. You know what
2: Say some of them we wish we never knew at all homeboys. Say some of them we wish we never knew at all homeboys. Mm And some of them we wish we never knew at all homegirls. Say some of them we wish we never knew at all homeboys. Say some of them we wish we never knew. Homeboys, I'm in the kitchen i cookin and cooking. and someone and we wish we never, never place knew place at all. girls running around in the city. See someone and we wish we never place knew place at all. Homeboys, flipping the switches and bitches. See someone and we place. wish we never and knew at all. Homeboys, never the life of the party. And someone and we, we wish we never knew at all. Homegirls, see someone and we wish we never knew at all. Homeboys. It's summer, than we wish we never get in Friends, friends. the word we use every day. But most of the time we use it in I the wrong way. Friends, the word we use every day. But most of the time we use it, it in the wrong way. You rest the word we use every day. But most of the time we use it in I the wrong way. You rest the word we use every day. But most of the it's time we use it in the wrong way. You don't believe in the love. we listen to And we wish we never knew at all, boys. It's summer, runnin and we wish we never knew at all, girls. I'm in the kitchen and cooking. It's summer, and we wish we never knew at all, boys. Running around in the city. It's summer, and we wish we never knew at all, boys. Flipping the switches and bitches. It's summer, and we wish we never knew at all, girls. Never the light of the party. It's summer, and we wish we never knew
1: at all.
2: Homeboys, and not- someone that we wish we never there. met. I think
1: Barbara's like, we know that shit more than anyone. Right.
2: Yeah, okay, so let's just come to Captain
1: This real
2: conversation.
1: Yeah. See, okay. it's, it's, it's on, we we never nigga. Never we out here talking. We, live. we are back. Oh, we're back. Live <laughs> Broadway <laughs> Podcast. Right, so listen, what are you like, because I, I wanted to catch up. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm saying? You out here, you know, Buzz Killington. But anyway, (laughs) but anyway, it's Black Broadway podcast, yo, and we here with Danielle, and we talking about yo barbering from the real side of things, like yo, the things that we have experienced in this game and the and the stuff that we gone through, yo. I just want everyone to understand that there's some super valuable life lessons to learn here, and I want to just really. Expose us to this, like expose my audience to this, Danielle. Okay. I want you to start off because yo, Danielle and I, our story, my journey in this whole thing of barbering, which I'll, I'll get into. I'll break you down. You know, just let you know how a nigga like me ended up behind the chair at a barbershop where haircuts is forty five dollars. I give you that story. <laughs> We're gonna get into that in a second. You know what I'm saying? Right now, I want you to know a key figure, a, a major key, major key in that story. Danielle got a hell of a story, and I want you to just let these people know, Danielle. What's what? How did you get? First of all, where you from?
0: Where you I'm from? from? I'm um, from Washington DC. Which part? Um, I've lived in three quadrants of the four. All right, cool. So I'm a Washingtonian. All right. I um.
1: You live anywhere else but D.C.? like. You I know. lived
0: in Utah. What? You
1: li-
0: yes, Salt Lake City. What, Salt Lake yes. City? Yes.
1: What the? What were you doing in Salt Lake City? Girl? My
0: mom is mean. from Texas, so she moved us there after I turned two years old. And I came back when I was in the fifth grade, and that's when I was really exposed to the real Washington, D.C. All right.
1: So what were you exposed to in Salt Lake? What was that?
0: Well, it was... Um, Everything is supposed to be flowers and roses and smiles when we all really know that's not what it really okay. was. So a, lot of, a lot of fake
1: shit. A lot of fake. A lot exactly. a lot, like, like fake uh, Big Love. Like, Why? You ever watch that show?
0: Fake.
1: Super fake. Fake. All right. fake. <laughs> so, so then you come back to D.C. I come back, back to, to D.C. Soon.
0: Uh, get into the public school system.
1: When you graduate, where you go to high school?
0: I went to high school in McKinley Tech. Oh, you went to tech! Yes. So, <clears throat> what I did was I tried to acclimate. Uh huh. So, coming back and saying things like sack and pop.
1: Didn't go over well. Okay, yeah. Okay. They say popping in Utah. Yeah, yeah
0: soda. Pop. I saw I
1: saw a whole map about like places <laughs> where they say like soda. Like in the South, they say like Coke. Yes. Like, or like cold drink. I remember when I was in New Orleans, they used to say like cold drink. Let me get cold drink, bruh. Wow. Like,
0: what the fuck? Well, a sack is a paper bag. And I would say, can
1: I have a sack? And they look at me what? like, oh, <laughs> A Sack. <laughs> a sack. <laughs> yeah, no, that can you, go a lot of uh, different ways. I mean, right, and you all call,
0: what, tennis shoes? We yeah.
1: call them sneakers. 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 Sneakers, I mean, I, yeah, sneakers. So, yeah.
0: so um. Then uh, I grew up, got into the hospitality industry.
1: All right.
0: Uh, revenue. How you get into so, the
1: hospitality? Like, I mean. How did I
0: get into the hospitality industry? I got, I um, got pregnant with my first child, All right. and I went to our government. And once I realized the poverty I would be in. Yeah. I decided to Straight get, up.
1: get yeah. a job. That's the one thing. Like, Republicans always kill me with that shit. Like, acting like being on food stamps is the wave.
0: No. <laughs>
1: That's not the <laughs> wave, bro. Like, you don't want that money that they giving you the shit you got to go through, one, to get it.
0: Correct.
1: Two, the shit that you got to go through once you get it, that the limited amount of options that you yes. have, yes. it's just not even worth your time. And it's dehumanizing. Don't and nobody it's, want to live like that. It's the
0: modern slavery. It's slavery. It's like, slavery.
1: anybody with any sense would be able to see that nobody wants to live like that. So the people who even try to depict like us as black folks and just as like inner city urban people, it's like the people that's on that, Nobody wants to live like that. They're misinformed. So go ahead. So nobody
0: wants to live like that. This is
1: where this is where that barber hustler spirit comes from. Comes
0: from. from. Yeah, exactly. Exactly.
1: So so I right, so they, they so, try to play you at at, at the welfare <laughs> office. They act like a sweet out right. there. So
0: I ended up in the hospitality industry and doing mm-hmm. revenue, sales, front desk, customer service. All right. And
1: like in the hospitality industry, what you mean like hotel? hotels? Hotels!
0: Okay. Hotels! Um, hotels!
1: Uh-huh. Shout out to Holiday Inn! Shout out to Holiday Inn! <laughs> Cause you know was left! Damn y'all! Hold up! So yo, let me get it straight. You was the hooker? I was the hooker. I love this I was shit. The yes. Yes. Yo, you know what? You totally <laughs> was the hookup. I, I can see myself standing in front of you right now at 2 30 in the morning. Like, girl, I, I, how you had how's your night? You good? Good. Like, so yes. what's up with this room? Can we can we do something? And You be like, you know what? Yeah. We can make help. Let me hook you it, out. It
0: definitely I love me. it. It definitely helped me learn how to deal with difficult people.
1: Word. Because some people are difficult.
0: Exactly. Yeah. Exactly.
1: And you weren't they most difficult at fucking 3 o'clock in the morning. And,
0: and their room has been given away. <laughs> and, uh, let's,
1: yeah. Let's talk about that one. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So you like, which is another critical skill for being a goddamn barber. Like and one of the
0: most important skills is customer service.
1: That's it. Yes. How to deal with people. How to deal with people. That's that's the game. You you motherfuckers running around here worried about how tight your shape up is. Like if you can't talk to nobody, it doesn't matter, bruh.
0: Because you can get fired by that client.
1: So right, that client can easily. Be, it happens every day. Every day. Every day. Every day. You okay. know what I'm I'll, saying? I'll like you got thing. your shot, but yo, so continue. We're gonna get into all of this.
0: Okay, so uh-huh. um, I was introduced to uh. Clipper repair, Mr. Sproul, okay. shout out again. Shout out to
1: Sproul, that's a Washington, D.C. institution, for real man, Sproul's Barbershop and Sproul's Clipper repair, that had been around for, what, like, 40? Years. years, Yeah, 40 some odd years, so, you so, came in, you you got a job there?
0: What happened was, the gentleman that used to do the, uh, Clipper repair passed away, uh-huh. his name is Paul, All right. and... Spool needed somebody to take over, and um, when I went in, at first, he, he was like, you're not going to want to get your nails dirty, <laughs> and I went home, and I prayed for three hot days in a row.
1: Hey, get out of here.
0: I'm serious. Really?
1: Okay. And
0: it was so hot that he called, and he was like, are you serious about doing this? And I was like, yeah.
1: Right.
0: So, I started um Kind of like an internship, right. learning how, an to, how to how to fix uh, barber hair clippers
1: all right.
0: and retail.
1: What was like the first pair of clippers you worked on for um, all my barbers out there? A
0: pair of outliners and I snatched the motor out of it. <laughs> the cords out of the motor. Okay. Being, being fast. It's
1: being fast. That it's little fast. red and that little black cord. There you yeah. go. Okay.
0: And always thinking I knew. I know. Right. I know. So... So So this
1: happens, you're fucking up people's outliners. (laughs) You're doing that, so now you're working at Sproul's. And I definitely, I was young in the game then. Like, so you're working at Sproul's, and this is kind of like around the time when the game of barbering starts changing. When did you kind of decide that you wanted to actually cut hair and like...
0: Well, Boy, I had always that. I had always been around or known about barbering as a profession, not as a hustle.
1: Right. Okay. Right.
0: And it was someone to look up to and aspire to. Somewhere along the line, the thug mentality came into barbering, mm. and so
1: I can tell you, like, like when I really like I'm listening and I'm I want to. Hear your story and your thing because everybody got a different story and like I'm gonna tell my story And I'm gonna tell you like kind of how like the whole thing started and for real for real It's it it goes back way deep like a barber is a is a important dude in the community And it's not even so much about being a gangster. It's certain dudes that are gangsters and certain dudes that's different type of gangsters, you know. Like they might be paper gangsters, like they always right. got the money, or they always might have, like, you know, the spot. Like they might be running the gambling house or something like that. They, they money dudes, you know. what I'm saying they paper exactly. gangsters. So, but,
0: but I'm talking about the perception.
1: Yeah. You know? Oh well, the public perception. The public
0: perception. That's real. Because
1: somewhere along the line, exactly, they lost respect for the barbers, exactly, like that dude. Exactly. You're right. I, so, some of them did I never did right. that, but
0: go ahead so um, to be able to fix the clippers better because I'm also the mechanic mm-hmm. I thought maybe if I learned how to cut hair mm-hmm. I would learn how to fix the clippers better because when someone explained to me what the clipper was doing mm-hmm. I would actually have first-hand knowledge mm-hmm. so I Research and I found out about Roosevelt State, mm-hmm. and it was a uh, for DC residents free barbering class. Mm-hmm. So I got into the class. Once I got into the class, I found out that barbering was more than just cutting hair. Okay.
1: Okay. There was. <laughs> That's. It's way more to it than yeah. that.
0: There it was. It's a lot of other way ways more. you can monetarily um, uplift yourself, mm-hmm. but then also there's a lot of ways that you can spiritually. Lift your, uplift yourself because of the community
1: and the people that you get to know it's much more of a, a, a it's much more being a barber is much more of being someone than community. doing something correct like you know what I'm saying like being a painter is like doing something right. like painters don't have like a specific personality or specific personality traits that they you ascribe to a nigga who paints like right. a nigga paints He's a painter. I right. And, and it, I mean, I'm not talking about like artists. I'm just talking about like a guy who just, you know, say would just paint walls or something like that. Right. Those guys are painters. And that's no disrespect to the uh, profession. And I feel the same way. Like a lot of people feel that way sometimes about barbers. They make like this general sweep. Like it's not
0: a job. Like It's not, it's not a hard job. Yeah, or... But
1: the, the fact that you have to be a certain kind of person to be a barber.
0: Like, you have to be a certain kind of person.
1: It's just not for everybody. It's not just from a skill perspective, but from a a personality, from a a fit of, like, who you are as a human being. It has to fit in in order for you to be successful.
0: Right. You know what I'm saying? And then, don't get me wrong, there's a lot of people that have certain qualities or certain parts.
1: Yeah, they got pieces of the puzzle. Pieces of
0: the puzzle. Right. They don't have it all because customer service is first, a people person is second, and then the third thing, you have to have Skill. a love, you and love, a love, yeah. and then you have to have to technique.
1: Yeah, I agree. Know?
0: So, without all of those pieces, sometimes things fall short.
1: Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, and there's, and there's been times in my career where I felt like I've, I've lacked each and every one of those, and I'm not even going to say, like, right now, I feel, like, totally complete because on a certain level, like the love ain't did. you know what I'm saying, but we gonna get into that, I wanna right. really finish, I wanna, I want to let people know me, like your story to okay. become, from become, and this is, what year are we talk about here? We're talking
0: about nine, uh, 2009, 10 Okay, so
1: we not even talk about that long ago, no. like, like you have ascended from working on clippers as an apprentice right. to being an instructor of cutting hair, correct in a shorter amount of time than I've actually been cutting it.
0: Well, um, one thing about me is I always re- research everything that I do.
1: Yes, you're very meticulous. So, yes. That's I why do. I let you work on my clubs.
0: Exactly. <laughs>
1: and I appreciate <laughs> it. Yeah, we love like you, Danielle. Come on. I love you, <laughs> For real. Like, we appreciate you.
0: Right. <laughs> so, um, I found out the, the ways to get your license mm-hmm. and then the ways to get your managers. Mm-hmm. Then the ways to get your instructors. Mm-hmm. And it all takes getting it in, in the hours. But if you do certain things, there are certain avenues you can take that makes the process a little bit faster. All right. If you just dedicate yourself to getting each license. Okay. So.
1: So would you say that, like, when you went about the business of getting your licenses, did you throw yourself into it, like, Fully, like, did you dedicate a hundred percent of your time? After I
0: dedicated a hundred percent of my time to studying, to learning the craft, to learning everything that was needed. Did you
1: ever do cosmetology, or did you always want to just do barbering?
0: Well, I also have my cosmetology hours, okay? So, I'm in, in the process of getting my cosmetology. But what was
1: like the, like the goal to be a barber or to be a cosmetologist?
0: I think for like, to me, do here. I think for me. I I, I enjoy cutting hair, Uh but I enjoy being a businesswoman more.
1: Okay. And I enjoy teaching.
0: I enjoy teaching. Mm. So when I say, what do I love? I love owning my own business and I love children. So Mm. I love to teach. Okay. so That's tight. That's
1: a way different trajectory than like, you know, the traditional like, barber trajectory, where it's like, yo, I like people, I like cut hair, I like money, you know what I'm saying, like, yeah. <laughs> I left the,
0: I left the barber shop with the with, after I got my manager's license to, to keep, so um, where did you suit. cut hair? I cut hair at Sprues Barbershop, the on, Bluebird, on yeah. Georgia Avenue, on
1: legendary shop, been there forever,
0: yes, so, um, I learned more in the time that I cut in the shop than I've ever learned in school. Right,
1: that's so, the, you're right, cause that's where the real learning takes place.
0: Real, and that's what made me know I needed to be a teacher.
1: Right, uh, mm-hmm. cool, yeah, no bullshit, yeah. cause you see a lot of fucking us.
0: <laughs> <laughs> because you all work so hard, and people don't even understand the personal aspects, the sacrifices you guys take
1: yeah.
0: for, for family. The sacrifices. Right down. Go ahead. <laughs> the, the sacrifices that you make to your loved ones, uh-huh. to yourself, to your body.
1: Uh-huh.
0: Um yeah. it's more than, it's more than yeah. just money because that money still has to pay bills. Okay? So
1: talk about it.
0: So I personally did not want to have to cut. Dirty heads of hell. That wasn't what you came for. Give me four or five and I'm enjoying myself. A'ight. I'm talking to my customers.
1: And look, you now, but you now in a position to educate the next generation of dudes who gonna put in that 30 cut a day work like I did. I put, I put that work in. Well. Like,
0: yeah, we well, gonna talk about it. Yeah, well, I'm now in a position Where I can teach him that professionalism
1: comes first. And I'm going to tell you, the only reason I'm at where I'm at, and I am who I am, is because I always understood that. Like, Like, from jump, and like literally, like, me and Danielle's stories converge somewhere around that point that you're at right now. Right. So, I really want to I'm going to tell y'all everything that led me up uh, to that point like i don't know if you even ever heard this day. yeah i know you probably ain't heard this like this is this is how the fuck it happened all right real talk <laughs> all right it really i swear it started from high school all right high school i'm graduating from high school right i'm pretty sure i don't know if i'm gonna go to college but you know i just i'm confident something's gonna work out you know what i'm saying And it did under the most weirdest circumstances. But that whole summer, my whole goal was to learn how to cut hair so when I go to college, I can tell motherfuckers I can cut hair and I can make a little bit of money and I can buy my own weed. You know what I'm saying? Basically, I ain't like paying for my beers at the parties. I'm lit. I got a couple dollars. I never want to be the broke dude. So I'm like, Yo, Dad, you put me on with a guy that I'm trying to get on. Like, my mom and my dad, like, they always, like, supported me on my little, like, flights of fancy. But when I think back, I haven't had many. It's just certain shit I wanted to do. And I was so serious about it that it seemed ridiculous at the time. But, yo, you put me on with Mr. Mason. My dad's, a, like I said, I said this a few times, a reporter at the Capitol. Mr. Mason is the the barber, the black barber at the House of Representatives. Dude who gave me my first haircut. First barbershop I ever went to. Got a barbershop on 8th Street. Mason heard, hear this from my dad. He like, all right, cool, I got it. Boom. Buy me a box of, uh, you know, barber supplies. I get a pair of outliners, I get a pair of detachable clippers, and I get like a pair of walls or something, like the adjustable joints. A pit, a couple combs. it's lit. I a couple guards, Okay, cool, go. So, like, that whole summer, I'm going to the shop every day because, you know, what's better for me? I'm, I'm like, going hang out at the shop with the old hands, and, like, they used to send me to the store to run their numbers. I'm, like, 17 years old. They sent me to the store to go run the number or whatever, and I'm sitting there, and I get the watch and learn kind of how to cut hair from the guys at the barber shop. I'm still not picking up shit because I'm kind of, like, just in awe of the whole scene, but all right. Through some miracle of science, I get to go to college, and I'm going to college all the way in Baton Rouge, Louisiana. Shout out to Southern University once again. I'm in Southern. I'm in dorms. I got my Clippers. It's like I right, fucking get it, like you know, just telling somebody like, "Yo, I, come get a haircut or whatever," like. I was fucking (laughs) here because I'm terrible. So there's a white dude from New Orleans who was like, yo, man, I see what you try to do. You got good shit. Let me show you a thing or two. Dude from New Orleans showed me a thing or two. First dude who taught me how to uh, do the shape up with the razor and all that. This is 99. You know what I'm saying? And I'm like, all right, cool. So I'm at school now. Couple years. I'm just, you know, cutting hair like I'm getting money. You know what I'm saying? I'm getting a couple of dollars. You know, I got money at the bars, at the parties and shit. I'm I'm having fun in college. Then college comes to an abrupt end. I'm just like, all right, we're done with that. You know what I'm saying? But I got all this education and shit. So it's like, all right. And I got a couple hookups. I come back home and work on the hill. I'm on the hill. I hate this shit. I don't want to work on Capitol Hill. I just don't. I just don't like that whole environment, the whole entire thing. And I had a great time. I met great people. I had great friends up there. But I just, it just wasn't for me. So, you know, I quit some shit that most motherfuckers would want to retire from. I, I walked away. I was just like, nah, man, you know what I'm saying? They was going to fire me anyway. You know what I'm saying? Like, definitely, I was walking on Firing Street. Like, you know what I'm saying? They wanted to get me out of there just because, you know what I'm saying? I just, it was very obvious that I didn't have the same regard for this profession as other people did. You know what I'm saying? Like, some people want to go sit in the U.S. Capitol and not do nothing and get paid. Like, I just didn't want that. And I'm going to tell you, after 9-11, when I was literally in the Capitol on 9-11, it's like, fuck that. So I leave. I bounce around a little bit. I'm trying to figure out what I'm going to do. I don't know. You know what I'm saying? Like, I don't know. I'm still young. I'm in my you know, early days. So I'm walking around my neighborhood one day. There's this barbershop that, look, the barbershop don't exist no more. The street that the barbershop was on, don't exist no more literally they ripped the street up and turned it into a park and it's a whole other thing right now it's cross street from Walmart so like okay. I walked past this barbershop and I you know I'm just like I know this is the neighborhood trap spot but fuck it this is a barbershop and I can kind of do my shit right here you know I walked in I, I told the dude yo man I, I got clippers and I cut hair like can you fuck with can you give me a job and he was like, you know what? Come back tomorrow. I got you. I came back. Literally, this dude allowed me to cut hair in his barber shop. Man, a great, great dude. I ain't gonna say his name because I don't need to say his name. Because literally, this joint was a cold blooded front. Like, <laughs> like, I was the only barber. He was doing his shit. He ain't worried about it. And the first year I was there, he ain't even charged me no roof rent. Nothing. Didn't ask me for no money. All I needed to do was come to work every day, be like I was there, and not ask no fucking questions. And that's what I did. I came to work every day, I chill, I asked no questions, I did my shit. But I also picked up some clients along the way. And I'm like, damn, man, I might can make some money doing this, you know? At that time, I was also doing my shit, so it didn't matter to me. like. None of our stuff got in the way of each other. I was cutting hair just so I could, like, tell my mom, like, yeah, I got a job. I'm not, like, wasting my whole day. You know what I'm saying? Then I <laughs> then I started to realize, like, oh, shit. I might to turn this into something here. You know what I'm saying? So, time goes on. You know, like I said, the whole first year, he don't charge me boo for it. Like, whatever. You, you cool. You know what I'm saying? Then he come to me one day, he's like, yo, man. I decided, from now on, you know, you're gonna start paying $90 a week. I was like, my dad, no problem. So, now I'm paying, I'm a a working barber now. You know what I'm saying? No license, none of that shit. I'm just, I got enough experience. My man gets luckiest of luck, cause he's a lucky dude, cause he's a good dude. Like, some developers came and bought up the whole block. Like I said, the block don't exist no more. Bought up the whole block. Gave him a stupid check. He cashed out, sold the antique chairs that was in the shop, all of that fly shit, and got out of Dodge on his business. Everything, good dude, got his thing off. I was like, damn, what am I gonna do? He was like, man, you gonna be alright? Like, literally, he told me that you gonna be alright. I was like, you right? I went to Eighth Street, back to Mason. Mason gave me a job. I be being there, I'm on a Street, I'm hustling. A Street busy in these days. just like the, you know, like 0, 06, 04, 05, 06, 05 06 really. Like 05 and 06. So I'm working there, you know what I'm saying? I'm. That's where I learned how to be a busy barber at. You know what I'm saying? I'm getting money now, but literally some days I'm lucky if I got enough money to get on the train and get like a, a slice of pizza and shit, you know what I'm saying? It's like tight, so I'm like. Damn, bro, like, I mean, I, I gotta do something, so, you know, I'm doing shit, like, these dudes at Macy's, I love them, because they gave me my start, and fuck it, they gave me my first haircut, they gave me a chance, you know what I'm saying, but they was on some shit where, like, they wanted me to be on time, but I'm like, my dude, I ain't get in this to be on time nowhere, <laughs> that's not my game, so fuck all that, we come back, I, I'm just. we go back and forth about this. Literally, at Macy's is where I grew up, my life changed. I met my, I reunited with my son's mother in front of this place. They see me go through all the re- crazy young relationship shit. You know, you got your girl sitting in the shop while like, hey, like, yeah, baby, I'm throwing that shit you. Then, you know, you argue with her full-blown in front of the shop and you throw your phone in the front of the street. The X2 hit it. Like... Oh God. Yo, I swear to God This is true stories Like, I'm not making this shit up at all Yo, so the X2 Like, hits my phone, yes They see all of this And they know I'm just crazy in love with this girl But if she get pregnant She about to have a baby, they know all of this too Like, two months Into her being pregnant these nigga's fired me me, son Like, yo you always be late, man. I'm still always late, nigga. When y'all here, so they go fire me, and they come back with this whole entire. I, I come back and I'm like, you know what? Thank you. Step off. Go to U Street where I'm always hanging out anyway. Shop I always see. I'm like, you know what? Today's the day. I'm walking in there. Let's see what's up. And this is like the trap. This is where all the hustlers at. This is where everybody who I want to be around at that time is at. They can say, come back tomorrow. Bam, I got a job. again. Okay, I'm on U Street now. That's, I see all the crazy shit in U Street. Like, everything, that's where that shit made me. Like My son was born wild early. As soon as I started working there, that changed my life drastically. All the money that I was seeing changed my life drastically. But during this whole entire time, I never forgot, like, the fact that I was, like, an educated, you know, guy who just kind of found himself in a position where he didn't want play establishment, rule, employment, and when I was on U Street, I would, I had all the freedom. I could do whatever the fuck I wanted, and we did whatever the fuck we wanted, and in that time, I developed some relationships and I and I learned to put that emphasis, like you said, on customer service and dealing with people and building a clientele like organically that like kind of put me in the pocket to like know somebody like you. So now I'm working on U Street, everything's lit, but you know, you do you knew about that shot. You know all the characters involved and all of that shit. And, of course, shit hit the fan, and bam, shop get raided. On on a Friday, in the middle of haircuts, I literally get locked up. The whole shop get locked up. Me, like all my co-workers, my girl who's my coworker, like we all going in. We all get dogged by the police. I mean they got us in in the cell in the paddy wagon outside in the middle of January for like four hours. No heat. It's like, fuck y'all. You know what I'm saying? Locked in the joint with bubs who got bed bugs. It's crazy. So it was crazy. So now we get through all of that and I say, I can't do this no more. I can't I can't be in the trap like that. I'm just, I'm just serious about this now. Like, I'm kind of hey, I got my son. I make money doing this. Like, not only do I make money doing this because I'm i'm good at it like i said the emphasis on customer service but i feel like i can go further with this shit and you was somebody who i knew during that time and who knew about all of that and danielle through the clippers service conduit introduced me to l who is the owner of the current spot that we find ourselves in the wise out club and it just let us she said yo you looking for a guy who's cool and who's intelligent, but also is like got that edge to them that's gonna be able to manage your shop and be able to run it. Yo, you gave me the biggest endorsement. Shit changed my life. And that's Shit. what
0: I wanted.
1: Yo, changed my life. That's baby. what I wanted.
0: Because regardless of what people see, the way you handled your customers, the yeah. way you treated your, the people that you cut hair, set you apart.
1: Thank you. And, at every level, though. And, and that's like on at every, every level. level. That's
0: at every level. At because every level. at the end of the day, no matter what happens, I don't care how good you can cut hair, if your professionalism and your uh, customer service is not on par, then you're not going to be that good of a barber.
1: Right. So, like, tell people there, you know, like, because you are an instructor, even. Like, let's talk about what's the shit that makes Barbers like whack You know what well, I'm saying like, what?
0: what people don't understand is Especially new barbers
1: yeah.
0: um, A new barber has to understand That most of the time You're just waiting Dumb. Most of the time that's your time To close your mouth and open your eyes All that. And to Just Respect mm-hmm. The barbers that have been doing this For a long period of time Whether they're licensed or not Mm-hmm. because that's not up to you to make a judgment call on whether or not they're a good barber or not because they're not licensed because you don't know their story. Right. So the thing I love about Roosevelt State is that it gives you an opportunity to not use money as an excuse. Right? Because the worst thing in the world for a barber that goes to work every day, he builds his clientele is that He's not doing something. He's doing something he's not supposed to be doing. Right. So customer service does not mean you walk away from your client. Right. So if you have an opportunity and you live in a district to get free,
1: free. hours. Free. Free, free 99. three thousand.
0: Right. Free hours and free work towards 10. becoming a license. It will change your life. It yeah. will change how you feel about your profession. It yeah. will change how you feel about yourself. Word.
1: Right. not Because there's had- a lot more cats out here cutting cut hair with no license. And, like, you just bullshit with yourself. Like, literally, when I was at Macy's, yo, I ain't had no license when I got there. But by the time I left there, I had got my license just because, yo, first of all, they had us on commission. They was hitting me off with the 60-40. But if I got my license, I could get the 70-30 at least. And I was like, yo... Damn, bro, I need that, man. Like, so I had to go get my license just to make an economic change in my life, son. Cause I was getting punished.
0: And one thing that also is that college is not for everyone. Yeah, no. man, This is a career barbering cosmetology that you can build your life the way you want to build
1: it. You gonna get money.
0: You and and it, but you gotta go to work. <laughs> You gotta, Tell go again. you gotta go to work. You gotta go to work. You gotta go to work, son. You gotta go to work because if you if you don't go in that day, you are yeah. definitely gonna make zero. But right. if you go in, you may not make any money, but you might meet a new client. Yeah. You have no idea that everyone that you meet is a potential client, Duh. and if that's Roosevelt State is. can help you change your.
1: Life. Yo, tell them more about Roosevelt
0: State. What is Roosevelt State? Roosevelt State is, is two parts now.
1: Uh-huh.
0: Um, let's talk about the adult part first. All right. all you right. have a adult program where you are a D.C. resident. Um, all you have to do is call 202-576-8399. Mm-hmm. And, they, and our support staff will let you know what you need to bring in so you can enroll. Next enrollment is January 23rd.
1: Okay.
0: And it is a night program. Starts at about two o'clock and there's about four classes all the way up until 8 p.m. All right. So,
1: how long is the average class? Like ninety minutes? It's
0: a, yeah, about an hour and a half. Yeah,
1: right. And
0: um, you work at your own skill level. Right. You know, so even if you're a barber that's been working for twenty years and you don't have a license, you can come there and we will get you on the path. Yeah. Now I used to I got work
1: a couple buddies that are actually doing this and taking advantage of this yes. currently.
0: Yes, and I like I said, I got my my barber license, my manager's, and my instructor. I was all from this free program. Right. So, and then I became a DC public school teacher. Right. So I um I teach the ninth through twelfth graders because we now our school is now has a day school part. Mm-hmm. So I get to to them when they're very green, and I get to teach them professionalism, yeah. how to treat. The customers. But some of that shit
1: you can't teach though. Well like, Well you know, some of
0: it you can't teach because anybody can be trained.
1: Yeah. Anybody I agree. can be
0: trained. If they want to open themselves True. up to learn, then they can learn the techniques of how to treat a human being True. just like a human being.
1: Now do you think it takes but do you think it takes a certain kind of individual? Like we was talking about this earlier. Right. Like you think it takes a certain kind of individual to actually be a barber? To yes. actually deal yes. with all of the ins and outs that have to come. You have
0: to have a very thick skin yeah. because of the people that you deal with. Because everybody is not a happy person. Nah. And not all the time are you going to just make a whole lot of money And as soon as you start barbering. Yeah. So it's like anything else. You can't try to miss the struggle yeah. in barbering.
1: I mean, what do you think that people... What do you think that the public has like a big misperception about as it comes to barbers because I think
0: they, think they think that you all are just in there partying. Yeah. They think that they you do
1: they people think, think this, shit this shit is a fucking yes. a blast. Like i be like, yo, man, you do no, know. I do this shit to keep my day going. Like if I see you and I might be cutting up, trust me, I'm doing that just because I need my day to keep going because exactly. this shit the monotony of this entire situation will drive you insane and you have to
0: understand and the public has to understand that you all are people yeah that's what they forget you have families you want to go home and lay down and certain things that that gets to me is the discounted part and it's like if you worked an hour worth of work at your job, and you make $20 an hour, and somebody walked up to you and said, Right now, I'm only gonna give you $10. you are not gonna be too <laughs> yeah, happy. So that's nah, what you gotta yeah, think nah, about yeah. when you deal with barbers and you deal with cosmetologists. True. They can't pay their bills with your appreciation. Sure, they need monetary compensation. And not only
1: that, like, you know what I'm saying, there's not like a, a benefits package to this no. shit. Like, you know what I'm saying? You got, you out here really on your own. And like, at the end of the day, like as long as your health holds up, that's as long as you really able to really flourish in this business. So you got to, like, you have to create all the barbers or anybody who's thinking about becoming involved in this business. Don't think of anything as your sole source of income. You always have to create residual streams. I always believe
0: that and I always say this I say that we are barbers and
1: everybody is a barber
0: and you have to you if you're going to just give up your job that's going to give you a um, steady income you are looking to struggle a lot harder than if you did it just part-time but once you get going and you dedicate your, yourself the first two or three years, and you have to have a mate that understands the monster.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. You talk about that a lot. like. I do. Because like, Barb is like, it, it's always like a funny or lie joke. Like, Barb is his top five savages. Like, we yeah. just be out here just womanizing. Like, I'm not even... I'm not here to confirm or deny that. All I'm saying is that at the end of the day, like... There's a whole lot involved in being a person whose job it is to deal with people. Yes. That intimately.
0: Yes.
1: You know what I'm saying? So You
0: become the social worker? Yeah, you become, you become
1: a whole different yes. person. Yes. And like sometimes it's so hard to turn that shit on and off. Like it'd be days where I don't know if I'm at work or if I'm like, you know, saying, just chilling. Like when somebody walks into a door, it's like, hey, what's up? Like, I might not even know that motherfucker, but it's just like, that's just kind of, that's kind of my instinct, you know what I'm saying? And it's like, the barbering profession, it, it takes a certain kind of personality to, like, flourish in that. And there's a lot of people out here that I feel like would be good at it, because a lot of people out here, like, they hate their job, they hate the fact that they sit at a desk and, like... Just you know, look at a screen all day like But you every don't want that. but
0: every every job, profession has mm-hmm. its woes, you know. Yeah, yeah,
1: but, exactly but it's just
0: a it's just a different category. I feel
1: overwhelmingly positive about what the fuck I do. Right. Like to be honest. And
0: that's another like, thing. If you're not a positive person and you don't like yourself or you don't like people, you, you, you can't, can't do this. You can't do this because the money this. the money you'll just be miserable. Yeah, you, you actually have to like yeah. talking to people, and that's the thing.
1: Like people, I can't lie. I I wanted the money. You know what I'm saying? Right. Like I just I wanted the money from from jump. Right. Now when I first got there, like I said, my bad. B he wasn't even charging me booth wrestling. So boom, we just doing it. Like you know what I'm saying? Like I'm I'm just getting a little bit of money every day, and I'm like feeling how that feels. You know what I'm saying? Just to know that this is like my little hustle. Then I got to pay out to keep my hustle going. And I'm like, alright, I like that too. Right. But then I learned that, oh, there's a whole other level to this which is like actually building relationships. And building and like,
0: yourself a brand. And, yeah, and
1: becoming like a, a, an Correct. entire business. Correct. And that's the level that a lot of people need to understand that you got to get to. Like, this, this whole podcast is like an extension of that. I wouldn't be able to do this if I hadn't really been professionally talking shit for the last 10 years. Like, that's what I do occupationally. Like, wherever I'm at, it's lit. You know what I'm saying? Like, because I'm not coming to work to be bored. You know what I'm saying? And, like, I'm not going to come to work and we not going to have, like, an interesting conversation. And I'm not stupid. So we not going to talk about... You know, loving hip hop or loving this, that, or whatever, but just, you know, right. we're not going to approach the same old regular, everyday, humdrum shit. So I feel like a lot of young barbers, they need to really develop that personality and persona and know who they are. And, and
0: they have to get the right fit.
1: Yeah, because you got to be in the right situation. Every
0: barber shop has a life's breath.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you
0: got the hipsters, you have the.
1: A lot of people Disney that's exactly. clients, they know that. Like, you exactly. know, a lot of. I, A lot of guys who listen to to this podcast maybe be like, "Yeah, you know, I might come to this barbershop, but I wouldn't fuck with that barbershop because I don't like the way this feels or that feels." Like for black people, like this is a very serious thing. Like you know, I think for
0: I think for I think for everyone, the intimacy that you and and what you put in the person's hands for the next two weeks, yeah, you. You' gonna be wearing that haircut you're
1: about to sure. get. So I think, I think white people take it differently, yo. You like, think so? I, and, and here's the thing, like, like I haven't really spoken too much about this. Like I kind of cut the story off before that. But okay, I work at right now, literally like the epitome of the quote unquote gentrification barbershop. You know what I'm saying? Like this is it. Like in a nutshell, right here. This is where people who for the most part just moved to Washington DC and like this ain't no diss to nobody if you don't like it I don't really give a fuck but these are facts you know what I'm saying this is where people for the most part just moved to Washington DC come and they get a haircut that's I won't say it's stupid expensive but it damn sure ain't cheap at $45 and have an experience you know what I'm saying that kind of reminds them of like a urban but yet really cool and a <coughs> artisan barbershop where there's a high level of skill being practiced, but it's also so cool that we're <coughs> listening to Redman and Wu-Tang and whatever the fuck we're listening to, which is true. Fuck that. we listen listening to the C. we listen listening to, you know what I'm saying, all but types of you also
0: of seem to give them their money's worth.
1: Oh, definitely. And that's the fact that
0: I like.
1: On a, on a, on a, on a quality <coughs> basis, it's no question that we banging out some of the best haircuts in Washington, D.C. But I don't think that that's the draw. The draw is the invite. The draw is this. Yeah, it's this. You know what I'm saying? So we see all of this. and
0: And they come because just like, and this is why I told you, I don't think there's a difference because they come for the experience.
1: Right, but we don't come, we ain't coming for the experience, we come <laughs> for the shaper. No, no. <laughs> okay, I don't know, I feel like. No, let me tell you what I'm I'm just, a, I, but I'm a barber though, so okay. I might look at it different. Okay,
0: when I was cutting hair, uh-huh. and I was taking my time to close my mouth and open my eyes, mm-hmm. when people came into the barber shop and they brought their kids into this barbershop, mm-hmm. it was like handing down a lifelong tradition. No,
1: absolutely. That's true. So One of the biggest <coughs> things about this thing that I like is like, man, watching kids grow up. <coughs> I've seen so many people graduate from high school and college and <coughs> move to New York and get married and yada, 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 woo, woo. Like, I've just seen it all. Like So I think that that's really like a cool a part of this profession. But I think. Like, black people, and I think that that doesn't really happen in gentrified Washington, D.C. It's just not a a real thing, you know what I'm saying? It seems like a lot of times, like, people just come to the city and they're like, all right, yeah, I'm just going to get a haircut here because it seems cool. And, I mean, all right, but that kind of takes the heart out of it, you know what I'm saying? It's more like you got to come to something... Because you feel like an attachment to it. And that's the way I look at it. But I know it's cold business. And trust me, I'm a beneficiary of it. So I'm not complaining that much. But I just want to say that like... Th- this thing has a lot more heart to it than that. Like, yeah. Being a real barber. And like being a, having a barber shop in D.C. And like being involved in this business. It, it has a lot more emotional gravity to it. And as clients, I know a lot of the people appreciate like the emotional gravity and the connection to their barbershop like you ask the average black man who they fuck with like their barber is like <laughs> top 10 dudes like it's my guy there like you know. yo i'm i, was, I yeah. got dudes i got clients that i will never I not cut their head he's your guy or your lady or or your lady yeah. like yeah. you know yeah. you're right yeah. you're right okay. there you you're right you're okay. right i know because yeah. i know some super tight female barbers so go. Yeah, like, but, you know, I feel like that's something that a lot of people, you know, should take into account when, you know, you're considering this profession, either on the, you know, occupational end or on the end of, like, just being, like, a client and picking a barber picking a barber shop you know i what think I, mean?
0: I think that people should understand that don't get me wrong i don't want you to just think that there's negatives to it because there's definitely positives mm-hmm. but i want you to understand that number one it's not easy
2: nope.
0: number because if it was everybody would do it sure. okay number two it is some people's solace it's where they go yeah. to is where they go to Amen. just be around other people that they've been coming to see for years. Yeah, we can relate to. So, I always yeah.
1: say, one of my big things, one of my big sayings is that the barbershop as a sociological experiment is unparalleled. Because where else are you going to literally have a room where it could be a dude who just came over doing 12 years right next to a doctor, right next to a high school student, Right next to a recent college graduate, you know what I'm and saying? Like, all treated and they, exactly The same. exact same. They're you here same. for the same reason. Have a seat, my dude. I'm gonna get with you in a second. Right. And that's that's kinda like right. it it's kinda like a big I think it's a really big uh bridge to cross, you know what I'm right. saying? It's a it's a big equal, equalizer. Right. You know what I'm saying? Right. It's a big equalizer. And Like, the barbershop, like, tradition, I think it needs to stay intact. You know what I'm saying? I mean,
0: the only thing I think that needs to change about the barbershop industry is we have to come together as a barber community. I agree. And I think that we have to, there's there's enough income out there for everybody. Mm -hmm. And... The crab in a barrel mentality has to stop.
1: True sure, indeed. You know, and like, it's a lot of cats out here that want to get into the game, and if how we gonna have new blood in the game if you know people are still being like that? So tell them again, Daniel, you know, how they can get into this thing, and like how everybody can help each other. Like how can you? How can you help first? Of all?
0: Well. Um, I teach 9th through 12th graders, so if you have a 9th through through 12th grader that wants to do this then Roosevelt stay and they need to get their high school diploma also because I'm doing it as an elective.
1: At the same time, right? At the same time. Okay, not like as a prerequisite? in. no. Okay, okay. At the
0: same time because I'm teaching under 24 or under 22 to 24.
1: All right. okay. Now,
0: for anybody that's 24 or 22 or 24 and older, they need to go to the night class.
1: Uh-huh.
0: But if this is something that they really want to do, most of the time, money is the issue.
1: Yeah. You know, and if this if, shit's
0: free. And if you're sitting at home listening to this and you did nothing all day, classes are Monday through Thursday, it's an hour and a half class to change your life. It,
1: to change your whole life. Right. And you can have the whole entire gamut of experiences. Yo, I can. we can run down hours of barbershop stories. I mean, like, shit. Exactly. That I, can, that, that I can fill up a goddamn reel-to-reel with the amount of stories that I got from the barbershop. But the fact of the matter is, it's a life well-lived, and there is definitely some money in it, and you can definitely have a platform to, like, reach some people. That's but, kind of a important but, yeah. but what happens in the barbershop,
0: when I say barbers are barbers and you get barbers and innovators, yep. you get barbers and barbershop owners, Word, barbershop like, managers, yep. you get people that, it's so many facets to the barbershop Absolutely. world.
1: Barbers and educators. Barbers mm-hmm. and
0: educators. Yep. Barbers and clipper repair. No yep. doubt. You no? Know? So, it's, it's so much money to be made and we all
1: somebody was making a point about that like as it relates to anything yo for yes. real that's kind of how we gonna ride this thing out for real like as it relates to anything y'all we got a lot of smart dudes that grow up in the hood and other places you know Saying role play whatever that think it's like only one way out like there's so many different routes out of this whole shit that we find ourselves in and you
0: can't make a machine They've tried, they put a little hose yeah. to try to cut your hair. Yeah. Nobody can take the human experience away. And, away. and, and,
1: and just like that's the case in barbering, that's the case in so many things. All you have to do is sit down and develop your mind and, and look and see. Yeah. Right. Where Where can the human touch? Where am I unique at? We all got special talents. We all got special skills out here that make us able to do a lot of different things. And we just got to get in touch with it. Like barbering, like doing hair. Listen, my pops always said, man, the great thing about hair is it always goes back. Right.
0: <laughs> so, and, and even when it doesn't, your yeah, hair still comes.
1: still, still got to deal with that. You know what I'm so saying? Give so give us that information again. All your- okay,
0: so it's Roosevelt State. It's located at 4400 Iowa Avenue, Washington, D.C., Uh Telephone number is Uh 202-576.
1: 8399. 20259.
0: You also can go to Twitter and at Roosevelt Stay.
1: At Roosevelt and Stay.
0: Also on I just and, and yeah, so I mean it, so you, you, can even, you can even on go to Instagram. Google roosevelt
1: Stay and just go put in
0: Roosevelt Stay DC and you'll you'll find that there's Yo, no excuses. It's all up. over my feed. And
1: if you don't live in DC, then look through your local jurisdiction and try to see if they have a similar program. Right. And there's a lot of these type of programs out here. See, the government try to put one over on us. They put all this shit out here and they don't tell nobody. And then they snatch it away right when people start to find out and say, yo, you wasn't using it. Nobody took advantage. They didn't advertise it. They didn't let people know it was out here. Black Broadway, we letting y'all know, man.
0: Well, we do. I've been I've been telling you guys since 2009. Yo, 2009. tell them your
1: Instagram again.
0: It's DC Clipper Repair Daniels.
1: That's it? That's it. Alright, DC Clipper Repair Daniels. Yo, Danielle, thank you so much.
0: I appreciate you for being. coming through
1: and being on the show. That shit was crazy. We had a great time. Yo, we gotta. Look, before I get out of here. I got one last thing that I'm trying to introduce to the audience. Two last things. Hold up, Daniel. I'm gonna let you get your thing on first. What what is it? Well, yours is the
0: book.
1: Right, the exactly. Okay, yeah. I got my I got my things. Okay. I got it. Okay. I'm lined up out here. Okay. I'ma ride this thing out smoothly. Okay. Alright? So first thing. At Black Broadway, we strive to like bring you innovative, you know, ways to get you know, involved in what we do, innovative ways to, like, interact with us, yo, and important shit, and one of the big things I want to kick off the year with and want to make sure that there's an impetus on is real simple, but it's real major. Read, motherfuckers, read a book, not a tweet. Not a magazine, not an Instagram caption that might happen to be two paragraphs long. Read a whole entire book. And we at Black Broadway really want to start the Black Broadway Book Clubs. Like, Is that what we're going with? Pop it. yes. It's on and popping. Black Broadway Book Club, all right? And within Black Broadway Book Club, we want to bring y'all like some, some real knowledge, something that you can hold on to. So the first book that we're gonna put y'all on to is something that I feel like it's no way your quality of your life can decrease by reading this, you know? It's, it's not a long read, it's something that you can get into and get absorbed in and really walk away from with some really, really, really important life lessons, you yes. know. This book is called The Alchemist, alright? Yeah. It's a novel, it's a story about a young boy on a journey the to find himself, yo. For real. Like, to find out who he is and what he's supposed to be doing out here. Like, there's, there, these are questions that need answers. Yep. You know what I'm saying? So, here we are. It's fucking um, The Alchemist. It's a great book. It's by an author named Paulo Coelho. Paulo Coelho. He's Brazilian. Good job. It's a yeah. (laughs) yeah. I I hope I hope I'm really really close. Like if I'm really really close, I'm good. But at the end of the day, that was a great great read. It's something that I really want. Everyone that's in the audience of Black Broadway to take the time to listen to it, check out. I mean, pardon me, read and check out. You can get it on your Kindle, you can get it on your iPhone, you can yep. get it on your Android. You can go to an old-fashioned bookstore yeah, and actually buy it. a book. No. It's cheap. I mean, what? I, I think I copped it in physical form for like six ninety nine, yeah, something cheap. like that. I don't know. It wasn't a whole bunch of money. At the end of the day, it's a great book. It's gonna enhance who you are, it's gonna enhance your mission for 2016. We're trying to enhance your life. So if you read this book, we're gonna be putting out various trivia questions via social media. Yes. During the course of this entire month, the rest of January and the first week in February. We're giving yeah. y'all four square Ten weeks from the, from the book. From the book. It's four square weeks to get hit, to yep. get on. At the end of this we 're gonna have a prize package for the person who gives us the best feedback that answers these questions the most consistently and gets it popping and like look we spent some money on, I spent some money on this all <laughs> right? like I'm gonna get y'all right out here you, tight out you here. know what I'm saying this is all in the effort to like engage I'm gonna get y'all I'm gonna get y'all fed right I'm gonna get you I'm gonna get your gear game up you know what I'm saying we are gonna get everything right for you out here. Yeah, we are gonna give you some Black Broadway swag so you can walk around with your appropriate Black Broadway representations, your pins, your lighters. You know what I'm saying? What else you say, bro? What what do we gotta do? David Bowie. Bro. Oh. David Bowie. We got look, look, y'all be thinking I forget shit. Like, <laughs> I don't forget. Like I'm, I'm on this shit. I'm just trying to wrap this whole entire segment up neatly. So, with, I, with that being said, we have a great prize package for everybody that dares and that challenges they to read a book. If you already read it, go back, remember the details, refresh your, get, refresh your memory, get with us, and everybody that responds and that corresponds with us around this masterpiece of literary work. And... Something that's very important for you know You just get up on top of We got a really great prize package For our biggest responder And we just want to let y'all know That we appreciate y'all You know what I'm saying We out here giving You know what I'm saying All we want is responses That's all we want is engagement So we out here giving And it's going down And like I I said And like I was reminded Just now I'm on top of it And I just want to make sure before we ride this thing out, we mention the greatest that is and that was David Bowie, man. R.I.P., bro. That guy, man, was one of the first super weird dudes with swag (laughs) that I could ever remember recognizing as that, as a young man. I was like, yo, this dude don't give a fuck. He's weird as shit, but look at it. That's Iman, that's his wife And he's had so much swag Like, and for my mom To tell me, like, that Like, in the 80s, and when I was a kid My mom was like, yeah, David Bowie You dead out, that's that's old I used to rock with that, you know what I'm saying In the the 90s, we was just talking What's that joint, I'm afraid of (laughs) American. That's that That's that MTV Bowie That we grew up with knowing. You know what I'm saying, like, when I was a little kid I was aware of, like Ziggy Stardust and all of okay, that, like, okay. I was aware of that, you yeah. know what I'm saying? But, like, as an adult, like, just to know that, like, Space Odyssey is one of my favorite songs in the world, you know what I'm saying? Like, to understand that, like, when I hear We Can Be Heroes, it's I'm, the younger I'm younger gonna put somebody in know, face. Like the face. Yo, yeah. when you, you, you hear Let's Dance... You wanna say been around the world and I, I, I. you know what I'm mean? saying? <laughs> and just to know that Bowie actually worked with Diddy and actually got that off, man. And not only that, man, but a solid human being, man. A dude who really stood up for people and man represented for oh, a lot of positive things in the time that he was given on her. And what more can any of us ask? So, so R.I.P. David Bowie, man. I'm not gonna be ending this show, right here at all. You you we'll so, uh, yo, you. we we hey, We'll be back. We'll be back. Look, we'll be back next week. Because we're not the show. For sure. So holla, Black Girl podcast Broadcast. Yo.